Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What is The Briefing Room? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the criminal justice system works and the lives of the people within that system. If you love true crime, well, these are the real people who do the job every day of making sure justice is served. Hi, I'm Detective Dave. I'm Detective Dan. Together, we have decades of experience in local law enforcement, a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right, and we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you Small Town Dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th. We'll meet you in The Briefing Room. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com And welcome back to Scarred for Life, the podcast where we open up old wounds by looking back at the films that scared us as kids. I'm Terry. And each episode, our Beth. special guest or guests bring with them a movie that traumatized them as a child. This week, our guests are Jazz and Kat, the co-hosts of the Girl That's Scary podcast on the Dread Central Podcast Network. Welcome to the show! <laughs> yes, I love that you added that horn in there. Oh my god, I feel so welcome. <laughs> I'm losing it. Hey, everybody. Hey. Uh, thank you guys so much for doing this. We've been wanting to chat with you for a while. So this is, and I cannot wait to dig into this movie, let me tell you. But before we do get to that, let's take it back to the start. How did you both get introduced to horror? I think we have a similar similar background because both of our moms are into horror. So my mom okay. um, used to take us to Blockbuster. You know, we go to the straight to the horror section. That's how I saw like Wishmaster, Leprechaun, oh, all yeah. the... T- yeah, oh, the demon yeah. toys or evil toys, all those random movies that were like one ninety nine because you know they on sale, or you get to buy one get one free. So you about to get the cheap movie that you never heard of, but the cover is cool, so you getting it. She took me to the theater to see Scream. You just unlocked a core memory. You just unlocked a core memory in my head of the three for two special at Blockbuster when like it was the terrible mm. horror movies. Oh wow, that is a core memory that I had buried deep inside. My it's head. a good time, and. We used to go to the theater to see all kinds of stuff. And again, I tell everybody this, she really took me to the theater to see Scream. And I was six. I was six. And we sat close to the front, too. And I would keep remembering, like, wow, I watched Drew Barrymore die. They killed Drew Barrymore. I don't know what I saw her in that in before Scream because I knew who that was. I didn't know anybody else. I was six. I was like, that's Drew Barrymore. I probably saw her in something nice. <laughs> you know, something that I was able to watch. Ever after or something like that. Something like that. And I'm like, 
like, oh my God, no. And then the popcorn, it's burning, no. Um, and we had that same kind of phone also. So that was just, my mom really put me on to all kinds of horror. And she just let me watch whatever I wanted. And she also let me read whatever I wanted. So I had a really good time. What did you read? I definitely like the Tommy Knockers. Mm. Okay, wildly enough, my mom used to let me read Donald Goins. If y'all don't know who that is, he was um, inspired by Iceberg Slim. Um, if you don't know them, look him up. He, they that was a pimp, and it, you know I was reading pretty much <laughs> like pimp <laughs> books. It was very violent <laughs> and graphic. Why am I reading this? And I was like. 10 or 11 reading a Donald Goins book. I had no business reading nothing like that, but also like The Shining. Um, definitely like Stephen King mm. or whatever I could get my hands on. So, she would let me read anything. Wait, oh, yeah. Donald, can you say the author's name again? Donald Goins and the last name is G-O-I-N-E-S I believe. Got I'm it. looking up some of his uh, books and one is called Horror Son. Read that. Yep. And Black Girl Lost. Yep. Yep. I- see that on here yeah swamp man never die alone huh is he a good good was he a good writer it was very real well i say very gritty i mean i can't say real because i didn't live a life like that so i don't know how close it is to you know realistic but it was very raw lots of violence (laughs) lots of (laughs) lots of terms uh lots of assault (laughs) just lots of especially horse son Ooh, uh, because the basis is this sex worker has a son and she literally names him Horson. And, you know, oh. he grows up to later be, you know, not just like a pimper, but like all kinds of stuff. Like he just lives a street life and you okay. see like all the facets of that. And I was like, I was 10. <laughs> Man, no one, saw, no one saw you holding a book that said Horson on it. And we're like, maybe that isn't what you should be reading but like whatever they were glad i was minding my business for like four hours at a time i would go in my room <laughs> and shut go. the door and read those books they would be like she didn't read i mean it could be worse fuck it let her have it there you go what you about know, you cat what was true. your introduction i i'm crying jazz this has me so weak because this does sound a lot like my life but um <laughs> <laughs> my mom got me into horror. Like, my family is just, we're just into horror. Um, like, my mom, she used to show us, like, watching A Nightmare on Elm Street as a family is a thing for us. Like, Friday yeah. nights, you know, especially, like, pay week for your parents. It's pizza night because it's the 90s. Who wants to actually do anything for real if the TV's not watching you and I actually got to tap in today? And then, so, it's pizza night. And then it's also, let's go to Blockbuster or let's go to Hollywood Video and get our movies for the weekend so we can lock in and get ready. If they got some extra money, you know it was going to be the bonus time so we could check in and get stuff on pay-per-view because that was expensive. Mm. Pay-per-view. Pay-per-view was so expensive. It was. So really just trying to like get the move. I saw a scary movie. Um, scary movie 2 on pay-per-view. They allowed me to see that. That's hilarious. Yeah. Oh my God. I, I'm always <sighs> envious of people that had pay-per-view because we never had cable growing up. And so the only time I ever saw a pay-per-view, there's two movies. And I mean, I think they kind of pretty much sum me up. The first one was um, they, for some reason, did Jekyll and Hyde the musical on pay-per-view. Oh. So I watched that. And then the other one was uh, the Jan Jackson concert, I believe, in Hawaii. And those are like the two things that I saw on pay-per-view. That's me in a nutshell right there. It's not bad. I love the exact location too, Terry. That was incredible. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We always got the wrestling things for pay-per-view. Yep. So my dad was always wrestling. Wrestling and uh, what lies beneath. (gasps) 
My grandma and I oh. love that movie. Oh That's my god, we used to movie. watch it all the time. That movie scared the <sighs> shit out of me when I was a kid because I didn't under like it was. Do you remember at night when the commercials for the pay per view would loop over and over and over again? Like if your parents watched a movie and then fell asleep, and it was just the ad over and over. I would fall asleep in their bed and that ad would play, and I would fall. Asleep, I would like wake up to that the trailer for What Lies Beneath on a loop, and I couldn't fall back asleep. <laughs> She's starting to suspect. <laughs> Who? Your wife. <laughs> Bring it back, though, to Scary Movie anyway, 2. sorry. That's a funny uh, little little uh, uh, parody of that movie in Scary Movie 2 as well. Sure was. Huh. Sure was. Okay, so you, you watched um, a lot of pay-per-view, a lot of rentals. Um, do you remember, like, uh, some of the your favorites from that time period? I used to go up when, because at that time, you remember, like, your UPNs and everyone would show the horror movies mm. on their stations. Yeah. So when you <laughs> had the Nightmare on Elm Street marathons, I'm always tuned in. Dream Warriors is always going to be that girl. I like them all, too, but it's just when Dream Warriors come on, it's, it's Dream Warriors. Like, it's We the Warriors. Um, so that, my dad <laughs> was a huge fan of um, Friday the 13th movies. Like, he actually took us to go see um, Freddy vs. Is Jason, me, my little sister, my little brother, and fell asleep in a movie. So it was just us watching tits <laughs> at movie theater. Um, but you know, we also my faves were like the deep cuts before. My mom's older sister really got super religious. She used to get the deep cuts mm. at the like when you go into the international section, and you're like, I don't even know what the fuck this is about. Oh. I don't remember what movies we saw. I just know I sh- I should have not been. <laughs> Maybe watching that at that time, <laughs> I would just be sitting up like, "Damn, they really got chopped up like that." That's crazy. <laughs> but me as a kid in like '94, just sitting here like, <laughs> so you know, that's my story. Just watching blood, guts, and ass since day one, um, and now we're still very much living the life. Poor you, exactly. We're all here. They all they take recommendations from me. My mom is one of those like, I don't. I don't want to see, um, she doesn't like it with the, there's not a good ending. Mm. So I have to give her that heads up ahead of time, especially when she's talking about, what are you guys doing on the podcast now? I'm like watching shit where everyone dies. <laughs> Nothing happy about Nihilism. these movies. Sorry guys. We don't watch happy yeah. movies here. So, okay. So aside from the movie that we're talking about today, what were some other horror movies that really freaked you out as kids? Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, I, all of them, okay, first Chucky. Fried, Child, I didn't even know it was called Child's Play for a long time. I just knew Chucky was going to come I, get me. Neither did I. I thought it was called Chucky. I just figured it was Chucky. It was because it was him. It was Charles Lee Ray Wildass, and I was really sick of his shit because he was just running around with a knife and he was unhinged. Like every time I saw him, he was always trying to get in the child body, and I was like, "Oh my god, that child could be me!" And I just, I really was not fucking with him. Um, of course, Freddie, because Nightmare on Elm Street. The idea that you cannot sleep because a dream demon is going to beat your ass in your dreams and you have to sleep at some point you have to go to bed uh that fucked me up i loved jason um i wasn't as afraid of him i just thought he was iconic uh, because i'm not going out to no camp you're not about to kill me baby i'm not going to crystal lake you didn't worse you went to what maybe new york you're not you're not catching me you're not coming to virginia i'm cool i don't have to really be afraid of you but freddie was gonna come beat my ass mm-hmm. and so was chucky poltergeist 
Vice fucked me up, although Oof. now I don't like the movie as much rewatching it because I did not connect with the family as much. As mm. a kid, it was easier to connect. It was just, oh, a family. And now I'm like, this family, um, they might, you know, call the police on me or they might tell the HOA people that my grass is like a half inch too high. Like, they're they're the people who they are going to be like that. for Trump. Listen, he was reading a Reagan book, like, at the beginning, and I never realized that. Smoking a joint, like... Listen. Hello. But it has scares. Um, House Mm. um, really, like, messed me up, although I enjoy it very much. And Puppet Master. A lot. Puppet Master. Huh. You and the haunted toys, Jess. I love haunted dolls. I love them. And what about you, Kat? For me, okay... Uh, I just thought about, I mean, outside of the, you know, the big ones, you know, our bigs. Um, I thought about uh, when I was on a bus trip in like sixth grade, like the year 2000, we were headed to New York. Um, I saw Starship Troopers for the first time. Oh. Scared the shit out of me. Wait, right. I know we're looking up. Who? Who brought? Yeah. What? <laughs> the One of the parents. I don't know. We saw Scream. We also saw Starship Troopers. So we out here. We watching all the movies on the trip. On the way on the bus trip. It's the 90s, baby. Like, 90s and the 2000s. Who cares? That's true. Every time you say this, I forget that they let you do this. And as an educator, I'm like, they let you watch Scream? I can't can't believe it. I had an educator that allowed us to watch the Rocky Horror Picture Show in class. And I know that's real controversial for a lot of people. So I love them for that. I mean, that's incredible. Um, But holy shit. Wow. But yeah, so those, I'm trying to think like what really fucked me up as a kid. I think it was just like my mom used to really be into like the Stephen King remakes, Return of the Living Dead. When I first saw that, stress. Now it's just like a joyful watch. Like once I push through, I say, well, I can do this. It's nothing. This is great to me. Like this is like a favorite pastime. But just more so like the super shaky stuff. I didn't really get into more like heavy oh my god, super blood guts and like the levels we're at now, like, you know, you're, um, what's that movie, Jazz, that I try to put out of my brain every day and then Are it keeps Are you talking about back. Serbian film every time? There we go, here we go. <laughs> 120-something days of solo. Oh no, what the hell was I doing? Like, this is like, ah. Uh, Why have I seen that twice? I also, I've, what's wrong? I've 120 days of, of solo? I'm gonna keep you lifted. I'm gonna pray for you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you know, I don't know if you even believe, but I just feel like oh, a good spirit need... need to wash over you. <laughs> you don't need to see either. I saw a Serbian film probably at least two to three times, and I know we're now wondering how the fuck did the number get that high. Yeah. The second time, Ooh. I was like, pray for her, not for me. I think she needs it more than I'll I do. I'll pray for both of y'all. Thank what? you. <laughs> what is wrong? What's going on? We, are, we are not okay, and I love it about us. And you, you know, I just, I had to come back. So I was like, what the, but I also forgot that I saw it <laughs> until we're halfway in. And when shit starts going super loud, I said, oh my God, I see this. <laughs> I didn't turn it off. Kathleen, please. Oh. I've seen this before and I'm not going to stop watching. <laughs> I don't know. But also, I know some people feel that way about martyrs. I remember when I first saw I martyrs and then Mark. It was the same thing, but now, like, I really like martyrs, so I need help. But That's Sarah, why we're here. But Sarah, <sighs> Me too, girl. Yeah. No, I, yeah. <laughs> I like French Extreme. I love French we Extreme. Did. I watched Irreversible a couple days ago. I want y'all to know that yeah, I'm not I, okay still. I was going to ask you about that. How are you? I saw that you were watching it on Twitter, and I was like, dear God, that's an experience to have with a group of people. <laughs> 
I, it cleared the room. We had like eight people watching. It was two people left. Me and someone who saw it before. Oh dear. Um, and I, they said, I can't do it. I feel sick. And they left. They left before the tunnel scene, if you know what I'm talking about. They left way before that. It's another movie I've never seen. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's I, I kind of know what it's about, but I've I've never seen it. It's it's wild, and really, the director took the wig. I mean, took the movie and was like, "Oh, I'm gonna flip it and reverse it and turn my wig around, wig around like Dreamgirls, and get my movie funded." And that's what happened. <laughs> that is what happened because the movie was not the set up the way it was was originally. And he was like, "Hmm, memento." Thanks, Christopher Nolan. Oh, Gaspar Noe's a little weird freak boy. Anyway, what were we talking about? <laughs> oh, being freaks and liking a Ser- I'm seeing the Serbian film, a Serbian film three times. You absolute fool. I am losing it. I'm literally losing it because there should be no reason why I've seen a Serbian film that many times. There, I'm losing it because every time Jasmine says, turn your wigs around, I like dream girls. The dream girls music starts playing in my head and then I'll start texting them the lyrics because I can't stop quoting it like my partner's side of me. So I'm literally sitting here crying because I just want to shout, turn it around! <laughs> turn it around! <laughs> but no, there's something wrong with me. Also, I know that you all individually, um, multiple folks have told me not to watch that movie that you all were just discussing, including Jasmine. And I still feel like I'm going to press play. Here's why. It's not a haunted tape, so I'm not going to be possessed. And no one's going to call me in seven days and say seven days. So I'm going to press play. On oh, oh. Solo, the 120 days of Solo. Oh, hell no, girl. She's talking about irreversible. Oh, irreversible. I oh, was no. like... Mm. Yeah, you don't. Irreversible is not nearly as bad, um, but it is. Who? Besides that, all of those atrocities that terrify us about horror. What draws you to horror now, <laughs> as adults? Um, I tried to transition and it didn't really work, but there was an, it worked for me. an attempt. An attempt was made. <laughs> We're here. Um, hey, that's all we got. Sometimes. Listen, it helps with anxiety for me personally. It's just like, you know, you're overthinking everything because at the Mm. end of the day, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. You can't control everything. But it does help to watch someone literally have deadites come from Acceler because you know what? Things start looking up on your side. You are the greener grass, okay? Because there are no deadites coming from under your bed trying to tickle your feet. So you just have to understand and start counting your blessings. And it's easy to count your blessings when you're not living in a zombie apocalypse. I mean, Jess, you don't know my life. There could be deadites under my bed. (laughs) I hope not, because you still there? <laughs> you gotta Listen, go. I live in a haunted house. If it's apparently so, he I, does you know, live I, in a haunted house. So, so dead. I oh, you know, no. just add that to that. Okay. Well, you know, I'm gonna keep. I'm not gonna pray for everybody on the call. That's to pray for all three of us. Sorry. And myself. This is now an intervention slash prayer circle. <laughs> this is now Bible study. <laughs> um. Oh my God. But yeah, for me, it helps with anxiety. I also just find horror the most interesting genre. Like, mm. there's so much you can do because we've been reality with it. It because it, it you border into fantasy, like with dark fantasy, and you can have demons, supernatural, it's psychological. So you can bend the world, make it dream like like some Salvador Dali shit. Like you can you can do whatever you want with horror. I feel like drama is a tighter box, just drama by itself. Ho- romance is a t- I don't like romance. So let me just even cut you there. I don't even do love. I don't care. <laughs> these motherfuckers in love that's fine um comedy my laugh box is broken like i laugh 
I feel like I laugh with commentary and amongst my friends, but it's... I don't find a lot of comedy in movies because I like a certain kind of comedy, but it's between slapstick and dry. Like It's like the it's hard to find that balance. A lot of movies are on both sides and they don't I don't make them. It doesn't make me laugh. And then things that make me cringe, like secondhand embarrassment. That's not funny to me. I don't want someone to go up on stage and not sing poorly. I'm upset. I have a visceral reaction to that. I want to leave. <laughs> so comedy doesn't do well with me because they work on embarrassing people a lot in a lot of comedies. And I hate watching other people get embarrassed because then I get embarrassed. Uh, but yes, anxiety, helping, and it's just interesting and fun. Also, I just like a good fucking kill. Yeah. Same. Same. <laughs> I no, seriously, like I it's an escape. My brain is like leftover warmed up spaghetti. I don't even know what the hell's happening in the plate. It's a good time, but whoa, what's going on? Like it's got a lot of topics. Um, when I get super sad, I'm just like, let me just go put a horror movie on. Like I'll try to find like the I think the last time I was sad I put on the Furies. Um and that was a oh. good time. Is that the uh the Australian one? Where yeah. they, they get the face like Shifts hacked the face off with the axe. Off. Yep. Yeah. That yeah. is the best kill. It so is. Good. And the camera doesn't cut away. And then the music I just know. swells. And you're like, yeah, go away, sadness. So by the <laughs> end of the movies, I'm like, yeah, this is great. Now like, that's what I call serotonin. There you go. There you go. Um, but yeah, it's like, it's, it's just an escape. Like, it's just, I get to unplug if I'm sad. I get to unplug if I just want to put my head in a jar. I just to get to tune in. Like, I like other genres. I feel like, my my the movie my movie tastes are very polarizing. <laughs> oh yeah, it's like I'm either watching horror or I'm watching rom com. Like it's like, girl, what the mm-hmm. fuck? Like, and then just like that, it's like I don't. I feel like when there's like a a love story in a horror movie, nine six out of ten, it feels kind of forced. Like I'm like, everyone's dying. Like, why do you? If y'all were not already in a relationship, what what the hell are you doing? I, I get it, but this is not the time. Like I'm not interested. So yeah, just for me, the bloodier the better, just so I can unplug and and watch chaos for about an hour and a half to two hours. And do you do you guys ever still get that childhood fear that you experienced when you were kids, or are you kind of desensitized, like we are for the most? Uh, hmm. Okay. Different things scare me. So as a kid, of course, the monster's scary. Like Kat was talking about Return of Living Dead. Tar Man fucked me up as a kid because I started playing Resident Evil around that time. Oh. And I, t- no thanks but you know they like the monster was the problem the slasher now as an adult the monster i'm not really concerned about them i'm not getting that fear like that monster really is going to come from under my bed it's like when you give me the slasher like or the home invasions because i now i live alone um so it's you know single female i by myself so what if somebody just decides oh i'm gonna hop in you break your window come break into your house now i'm in a horror movie i'm in the strangers (laughs) i'm like um this is a real life horror or somebody stealing your identity or something or aliens coming down and becoming because as a child i couldn't get that fear or i didn't i thought the blair witch project was stupid when i first saw it because i was like nine um and i was like this is a camera shaky it's low quality people are screaming in the woods nothing's happening but as an adult i'm like those rocks were not there before just the subtle things like the stick figures i thought that was stupid as a kid as an adult if i came out of a tent and there's fucking figures out here my soul's leaving my body take me to the king that's it so it's just different things scare me so i still get those fears i wrap myself up like a taco turn all the lights out when i really want a good scare 
Um, I think the Terrified is really good. It scared me like that. Host was effective. Take a drink, everyone. Terrified comes up. Every time Terrified comes up, that comes up on the podcast more, I think. That and Hereditary comes up on the podcast more than anything else. The Terrified is so good. I... Mm -hmm. Oh man, and no, I don't feel like enough people talk about it. Like everyone should have an episode on it. Everybody, it's just—it's scary. It's scary. Oh man, yeah, yep. it really Jesus, is. That movie is fucking terrifying. I have to relive every time. I've only watched it one time, and it was the most terrifying experience I've had. And I was like, I can't watch this movie again. I can't do it. It was too much. I do. Ooh, would I like it better or worse? Don't. I don't know. Probably worse. That's how Cat Watch as above, so below. She told me she was real scared. <laughs> Listen, I literally was in hell, so. <laughs> I'll be yelling at yeah. watch movies. I will yell at the TV, for real. I'm in it. And I will yell out, I'm in it! I'm scared! Like, it's like, no. Also, Cat will run out of the room. We were watching American Horror Story, and Cat literally left me in her room. I said, something. <laughs> I don't remember what happened. Something For jumped American out. It had, story. Be, it had to be like a Roanoke episode or it something. It was Roanoke. It was oh, okay. something wild. Okay, I was just like, but Roanoke was an incredible season of a show that I really typically hate, but Roanoke so is actually pretty incredible. I think that 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 season is underrated and overhated, like, oh, for yeah. sure. And I, I hate, thought that was, like, one I, of the I best ones. I do not like American Horror Story at all. But that was a good that one. Was a good one. It was. Wow. I was like it sometimes. One. Yeah. It gets chaotic though. So I, I think just... I like the earlier stuff, but then like as it got mm. more ridiculous, I think I was. I also don't like Ryan Murphy, so that might be part of it. I just think he's annoying and fair. Yeah, so. <laughs> very fair, very fair. I'm just like yeah. For me, the answer is yes. I am still the childhood fears really still shake me up. Um, not like all the time, but I sometimes have like sleep paralysis and I'm a Ooh. lucid dreamer. Oh. Um, so that's like every night from, oh yeah. Every night I dream about zombies. That's just facts. Like that is not an exaggeration. Every single night, my dream will be about like, I'm at the grocery store and then there's a zombie. Like what the fuck? So that's just truly every single wow. night. And I will recall what has happened in the dream. Like I'll tell Jazz, girl, the zombies was beating my ass last night. It got too scary. So I had to wake myself up. Y'all all died though. <laughs> damn. And I'm like, damn. Yeah. I have zombie dreams too, but mine are more like the post-apocalyptic park where you don't see a lot of zombies, but it's just like people in survival mode. I'm always in that part, but never seeing like the physical zombies that often. I had my first sleep paralysis dream uh, living in this house and it was absolutely terrifying more evidence that that house is fucking haunted well and you know what what happened i was laying on my side and i was seeing a dark figure in like my i'm in the master bedroom and then there's like a bathroom attached to it and i saw a dark figure standing in the bathroom that then walked alongside my bed and and sat on the end of my bed and then i like managed to finally wake myself up yeah no first time that's ever happened to me and it was the most terrifying thing so when you moving (laughs) I still got six months on this lease. Oh shit! Plus, okay. I, I'm I'm lazy. I'm not moving. You know what? Oh my mm-hmm. god! You no. are why they make horror movies, Terry. You I are am. that person. I'm too lazy. I'm literally be. like <laughs> the, the walls aren't bleeding yet. No one is shouting okay. "Get out!" Like none of that is happening. So there's just odd noises, and there might be a ghost living in the attic. I don't know. Maybe you know. It's just. 
it's fine. No, not until you kick over a glass bottle that was buried as you're planting a rose bush, and now it's broken, and now there's a witch in your house. What? I mean, we've named the ghost Monica because for the longest time we were getting we were getting Vogues in the mail for Monica, and it, it start it was like her inaugural issue, and it started coming in after we had moved in, and I'm like, who's ordering this magazine to our house? And it started like um, two months after we moved in, and it was welcome to Vogue, and it's like, hmm. Well, shout out to Monica. I know. Are you up there, Monica? Pay some fucking rent. Oh, well, yeah. So That's all I got to say. To Monica. That's all I got to say. Chip you. in. <laughs> I'm sorry. That is a huge tangent. Um, can you talk a little bit about your, your podcast? How's that for a transition? Tell our listeners a little bit about Girl That's Scary. Oh, my God. All right, LOL. Well, Girl uh, That's Scary. It's pretty much this, us kiki and having a good time and talking about horror and sci-fi and all that falls in between. Yeah. Every Thursday, you can pull up on us with a new episode. Um, we do, like, maybe one movie. We might do a double feature. We might do a whole franchise. We might do a subgenre um, coming up. Well, I don't know when this comes out, but we're doing, like, top ten lists. We've done top five before, like, of all time. Um, so we just, however the wind blows. How did you guys how did how did you guys meet and how did this all come together? Well, okay. So my homegirl became friends with Kathleen and I'm someone who's I'm an introvert, extrovert kind of person. So I'm like, oh my best friend has made a friend. That is now my friend, and I'm going to <laughs> absorb said friend, and now we're all friends. And I stare aggressively in friendship. And um, that's really how it works. We met and in Richmond sometime and went to Burger Works and I was like wow that's cool we then we ended up at Trelectro in like 2013 and i feel like we've been friends since then yep um we wow. ended up being roommates for a long time um this is the first time of us living apart for the first time since in like what yep. four years mm-hmm. five years mm-hmm. yeah so th- i think this is our 10th year of being friends so i'm gonna just yep because I'm, I know these things. It's the so. anniversary. I don't know what day, but we just, I mean, it's eternal, just the whole year. Forever. So actually, this is not about the podcast, but it's about, the two of you are educators. And I'm curious, I don't, I actually don't know what subjects you guys teach, but do you ever try to integrate horror or fantasy or sci-fi into your, like, your practice with your students? Um, I teach Spanish. And the thing about it is, I, okay, I talk to my students about horror. I do, because especially the homeroom and the dismissal class, Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to watch a scary movie. And they're like, ooh, what scary movie? And I'm like, yes, I'm going (laughs) to (laughs) indoctrinate these kids and tell them. I definitely have told them to watch As Above, So Below. I'm like, because first I ask, what are you allowed to watch? Like, are y'all allowed to watch these? Because they be watching anything. It's not like they're watching Coco Melon or some shit. They're like 13-year-olds. And think of what you was doing when you was 13, if you go to my, you know. No, he was oh, yeah. watching whatever the hell. Um, so they're like, yeah, I just go watch whatever. So I'm like, maybe as above, so below. I put some kids onto that. Um, definitely like, ooh, terrified because it's in Spanish. Or I recommend movies that are in Spanish. Because um, yeah. then they could listen to them. I don't do extra credit for them because I don't want to put that in the grade book that I told them to watch this rated R Spanish movie. <laughs> maybe it's gonna credit. fuck them up. Yeah, no, I don't say don't that. Do that because then, like you know, ten years down the line when we're doing this podcast, we'll have the scarred for life moment. <laughs> They're gonna be like, yeah, and my teacher, and she did this, and I'm like, wait, what's your teacher name? <laughs> it was me. It was me. So I I talk to them about horror. I tell them like 
what great genre it is. I do like gush about it, but I don't get to incorporate it the way I want to because of the curriculum. Mm -hmm. And also, I don't need nobody's parent yelling at me because I told their kid to watch, you know, Veronica or something like that. Mm -mm. And Kat, what do you teach? Kat, what do you teach? I am crying. Sorry, because Veronica, what a choice. Um, Yeah, that was an incredible choice. I am now out of the classroom. I am on the operations side of Um. things. Um, So in the classroom, I had, uh, I was more so on the tiny side. Like I've been in and out of many different schools and different grades. Um, And the last, before I transitioned to this new role, I had like the threes. Now you're saying, oh, but they also know the scary stuff. Oh, really? They know that. Yep. So I had a couple in my class who would be like, yeah, I'm a zombie. And they just get real weird. Like kids are weird. Jazz, I've I've got so many stories. And so now I'm in the um, elementary age. Um, and because I oversee two schools and then like aftercare type of stuff. So that's when I really have time to like slow down and connect with the kids. Mm. The adults are always asking me for horror recommendations at work now. Um, so that's a thing. And then the children, they just come up to me and they're like, yeah, do you watch Attack on Titan? Have you seen this movie? I'm like, one child was like, are you in a demon slayer? I'm like, are you allowed to watch that? Like, what, what is this? So that's what my life is now, like, talking about anime and scary shit in anime and then the horror movies that I know they sh- maybe shouldn't be watching. I don't know. My, I, have, I have nieces, a niece their age, some kind of like, I mean, she knows about Chucky. I didn't show her. But also now that I know you know about it, I'm not know. shying yeah. away from the conversation. <laughs> Um, and now she helps me pick out stuff. And just like the kids at school, they influence me to buy, you should buy this horror thing for your house. I feel like you have this. I'm like, I do. Thanks. Your niece showed me Siren Head on YouTube. And so she's already a, a, an influencer. Okay. She's already ahead of her time. Oh, my niece is out of control. She was just, <laughs> Jazz, you seen Siren Head? Jazz, like, what the fuck is Siren Head? But saying mouthing what the fuck is Siren Head. And so she shows her, and all the kids are shook. And now we know what Siren Head is. And all the YouTube is a scary place, y'all. That's all I'm about to tell you. Oh, yeah. I love YouTube now because it's got this, like, if you like found footage and that kind of weird shit, there is so much mm-hmm. of that creepy shit on YouTube now. It's scary. And people are making scary shit for free on YouTube. What? And it's okay. like children. And I um, how are Link they me. Yeah, I'll yeah. I'll send you some stuff because there's some really good stuff. There's okay, also like some really wild things happening on TikTok. Like there's this account that I just stumbled across called Cheerios Man. I love Cheerios Man. Ugh. And Cheerios it's, Man. There's like there's this shot and it's like a person that's wearing a Cheerios box with like the eyes and the mouth cut out and someone is like force feeding him Cheerios. He's going, uh, 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 with Cheerios pouring out of his mouth and it is the most disturbing thing ever. I'm like, what madness have I stumbled upon on TikTok? The kids are not all right. What, what no. Is, I, I kind of want to see it, but I, I'll, I'll, I'll DM you guys the, a link to it. It's wild. Thing. They're gonna turn our internet off. I see it. It's coming. They'll be like, Y'all had enough. <laughs> just the Marge Simpson on on everyone's shoulders. Just it's time to clock out. <laughs> Beth is losing it um, over there. Um Okay, I'm back. I'm good. There we go. Um on that note, guys, what movie did you bring with you today for us to chat about? I can't do transitions today, so we're just gonna <laughs> flop around listen 
It's fine. It's fine. We are bringing y'all Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2003. Yes, it's the remix. Remix. Mm. Okay, no, it's a remake. Uh, <laughs> but yes, it hits. I know a lot of remakes do not hit like that. Um, you know, I don't mind a remake here and there. But this one... <laughs> Just in case no one is familiar with Texas Chainsaw Massacre... <laughs> Sorry if you aren't, but in the remake, after picking up a traumatized young hitchhiker, five friends find themselves stalked and hunted by a deformed chainsaw-wielding loon. Wow. Where did you get this? That is, uh, Um, this is from IMDb. This is copied directly from IMDb. Um, and his family of equally psychopathic killers. So thanks, IMDb, for tossing loon in there. But Okay, so Jazz, you said you saw this when you were 13, and you saw it in the movie theater. Yes. I saw the trailer. And I said, Mom, it's my birthday. I want to see this. And she said, bet. And she probably had saw the original. So she's like, sure, let, let's let's go. So me and my mom are sitting in this theater, and I'm like, all right, cool. And my older brother. So we're, he's older, but, I mean, we're 14 months apart in nine of those months. I was in my mom's stomach, so we're very close. <laughs> um, <laughs> so he's like, we're at the theater. And I was like, okay, that's cool. Oh, Jessica Biel, all right it's cool oh then i saw that scene that we see in the beginning i'd never seen anything like that before in my life and then hooks the meat hooks i i was stressed um this movie stressed me out and i watched it again last night and i watched it again like a a month or two ago so i've been watching it you know every once in a while if i see it streaming for free i try to i try to watch it still still fucked me up i don't understand it still fucked me up I can't. Yeah. What about you? What was your experience with this movie? Holy shit. That is pretty much it. Um, I <laughs> saw this movie as soon as it was available on DVD. Okay. Uh, my best friend bought it and he let me borrow the DVD. Now, of course, we already know my parents don't give a flying fuck what kind of horror movie I'm watching. So this is 03. So I'm like eighth, ninth grade. So I bring the DVD home and I sit up, set up shop in my own private part time in the basement. Um, at like our desktop computer, I've got like the <laughs> headphones on, I'm ready. And so I hit play and then we get to that scene. I paused the movie, took the headphones off and just started crying <laughs> at the computer oh, no. because I legit was like, what the fuck did I just hit play on? And then after I cried for a little bit because I was just like, nah, Mo, like this is not what just happened. And then got myself together and put the headphones back on and hit play. Not a girl. <laughs> because I'm gonna finish the movie. And that's how and we know you're a horror fan. I was just Had like, your moment. And now we're back in. Rally. We're good. Rallied it up and then Oh I was shook. I was so the shook. moment we're talking that when when this hitchhiker kills herself, right? That moment? Yeah. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. because I was just like, no, nah, what kind of fucking movie is this? <laughs> like, I wasn't ready for that because I was just like, no, nah, they picking her up. Damn, I couldn't do that. Couldn't be me. Couldn't be the girl on the road. Couldn't be the people in the car. I'm about to drive past you. And then she gets in the back. It's like, I'm not going back. And I'm like, damn, she fucked up. Something happened. And then just like the group, when the group is like, oh, shit. I'm also like, oh, shit. Where'd the gun come from? Where is it hiding? It just... It was just too much. So that's why I had to pause it because it's literally the first 15, 20 minutes of the movie way to come out the gate, honestly. Especially with a remake. Incredible. Like, that was also the scene that when I first saw it in high school, I was like, this is not what 
I don't know what I thought this was, but it's not what I thought it was. And because mm-hmm. it has the tracking shot out of the oh, fucking that tracking head. shot. Gorgeous. Iconic. It's incredible. Like, it isn't an... You can say whatever you want about this movie if you don't like it, whatever. You cannot argue that that scene is not one of the best scenes of 2000, like, of this kind of, like, the 21st century horror so far. Like, I will say that. I'll go out on the limb and say it. They're not going to fight you. (laughs) It is. So, okay, so did both of you see this before you saw the original? I did. Yeah. I also, I also did. What did your, uh, Jazz, what did your mom think when she saw it with you in the movie theater? She was like, that is, that's pretty wild. Um, she was like, okay, that's, that's wild. But I feel like when did House of a Thousand Corpses come out? Didn't that come out the same year? Am I making that up? Because I feel like I saw both of those in theaters. And I feel like House of a Thousand Corpses gave this it kind of vibe. It did come out in 2003. Mm-hmm. Okay. We saw both in theaters because I begged my mom. And I feel like she was more concerned about House of a Thousand Corpses than this but I feel like it was more so because she probably was familiar with the original story and was like, OK, well, they went to this, you know, simple story. They go here, they go to this farm, you get cut up. It's a slasher. It's just a little brutal and a little bit musty. Um, the movie looks quite musty. You can smell it through the screen. But oh. House of a Thousand Corpses, it was just a little bit too much. She was like, now, Fishboy, what, what's going on here? What did you pick out? I you know I never I never finished House of a Thousand Corpses but I'm I'm not a Rob Zombie fan I watched it and I was like this and I turned it off <laughs> one of the few movies I turned off I would have been 22 when it came out <laughs> I was 13 so I could stomach it I saw that when I came well now in the movie theater but also like afterwards I liked it and this is and I'm not a Rob Zombie fan I think this might be the only one where I'll be like Mr. Satan like I'll just I'll go off like I'll be going off or Dr. Satan whatever the fuck his name is but I'm going off but every other after this the, the rest of the Firefly um, situation y'all gonna ready to fight me y'all can keep that I said no 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 we're wearing inappropriate headdresses you are not a part of that tribe please don't do this so yeah so Jazz you mentioned the, the trailer that you saw the trailer and I think I love the trailer for this movie. I just, I rewatched it today to remind myself because that is what got me to see this movie originally. I was like hyped. I remember being in the movie theater, seeing that trailer before every horror movie that came out for like, who knows how long before this movie came out and just being like, this movie looks so good. This movie looks so fucking good. And then I saw the movie and for me as well, that tracking shot, when she pulls it out, I have questions about where she's pulling this gun from. As a as a person with a penis and not a vagina, I have questions about that. But we'll kind of let's 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 put a pin in that for a moment, <laughs> um, because that moment where she shoots herself and it's a tracking shot, I was like, I have not seen a movie like this in my entire life at this point because this was a whole new level of like in your face gore. And yes, I do think we talked a little bit offline about how maybe restrained this one is compared to some stuff that we've seen post that. But I think what this movie does really well in particular, that scene and the scene um, with poor Andy running through um, the sheets outside and then getting his leg lopped off is that this movie hints at, at violence so much that you actually think when you're watching in the moment, when the first time you see it, that you actually saw his leg like flying off and stuff. But the the fact is, is that it's very restrained in that, but it does not seem like it at the moment. And that's what I remember watching this movie theater. I remember that scene. I remember Andy's leg getting lopped off. Mm. Oof, the hooks. I'm stressed. <laughs> 
But okay, like going back to like the hitchhiker pulling the. I want to just get back to that real quick because like we're gonna keep talking <laughs> yeah. about this. I okay. I don't know what I'm trying to say here. Um, it's definitely <laughs> hidden up there. I feel like that's how I perceived it when I watched it the first time, and that like blew my mind. I was like, you. Can- my dumb high school brain was like, you can fit a gun up there. I I wasn't I was not um, sexually active at that point. So I didn't know that, you know, that was possible. Now, um, excuse my French, and this is not French, people putting their whole fist in there. So I feel like if you can put a fist from fist to elbow in there, you can put a little, you know, a little nine in there. You could, you should squeeze it in there. I, and then she was walking a little funny, but it okay, still wasn't funny you. enough. Thank you for saying that, because I was so, trying to figure out a way to say that she was walking kind of funny, but I didn't know how to make it sound not horrific. But she does kind of look like she's waddling a little yeah, she got that thing on her. She trying to keep it on her in case she needed. She went through a lot, so I'm like, it, whatever she went through, the way her dry her lips are, what the, her eyes mm. look dead, um, whatever she went through, she probably don't even feel the pain of that that much. It's just a slight discomfort for her to get out of here because she was on foot, re- literally walking into the sunset with, you know, a Glock in her coochie. Like I don't. <laughs> I mean, it's not a Glock. I don't know what kind of gun. It was a handgun, you know, up and up there. Like, I just... She has a yeast Ma'am. infection. I know it. Ma'am. You know... A Glock? Sometimes you gotta have a yeast infection to make sure you make it. Even though she didn't make it, so all for fucking nothing. But, um... Yeah. <laughs> a human can come out of there. So I... Yeah, I want y'all to know... I, I just thought it was kind of wedged up there. I didn't even think she might. I didn't even take it to she inserted it in herself. I know some shit has fucking happened to her, so I figured something else maybe had her walking mm, a little off. Yeah. Plus, maybe she's trying to hold it in her legs. But, but I was like, damn, you right. Maybe she could have threw it up there. That's is she going through so much? This baby done gone through it. Well, and so that this movie, like watching it this time, made me think about like. Would I be able to live through this kind of shit, like this much shit? And like watching Jessica Biel's character go through everything that she does, and the Tough like, it makes me think like, if I was in this situation, this nasty, dirty situation, like, would I be able to endure all of this and run around with like a million cuts on my body and like one less leg, or would I just fall over and give up and say it's over? I'd probably just fall over and say kill me because I don't really want to deal with what life would be like after this. Girl, I'm I'm out of shape. I am not running for nobody's business. I'm just like, well, I guess this is over. I had a good run. Like, literally. I'm sorry. Like, what would happen I, I if would you just flopped in, front of, flopped in front of Leatherface? You're like, no, it's cool. Like, you don't have to chase me. Like, you can just get <sighs> it over with immediately. I would have yeeted myself right in front of a Mack truck, baby. I'm not doing this. <laughs> I would have jumped off a third-story floor. I would have taken the gun and shot myself. I'm not doing all of that. Now, I wouldn't have been in that situation anyway because me and Kat already know off-rip, we don't drive through Texas. They got sundown towns. I'm not going. Like, there's no way I would even consider doing whatever they're doing. And then on top of that, they came with two pounds of weed from Mexico. Like, you drove across the border, privilege, with weed. Oh. In a pinata. In a fucking pinata. I, I forgot about that, and I was dying. I was like, they really did smuggle. Like, these tank top cowboy hat wearing white boy smuggled a pinata full of weed across the border no problem and they're just gonna go to a leonard skinner concert like <laughs> they had weed and no clothes i ain't seen motherfuckers like, no they were in the same clothes for four days four they- days <laughs> I- musty 
It smells like underarms, okay? okay but that... I was also kind of attract, like sexually attracted to what was going on. I'm sorry. Andy, Andy, oh, Andy, he showed his pits for the gays. I'm just going to say this right out loud. Like, the scene, he's like, oh, and I'm like, that's for the gays right there. And I'm like, thank you for that. And yes, even when his his shirt is turned a different color because of all the sweat, I'm like, yep. Come on over here, Andy. But let's tussle. But, <laughs> tussle. I'm just tussle. Oh. Um, That's fair. Okay. <laughs> I'm yeah. Sorry, that just like your truth. Yeah. No, 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 no. I like it. A moment of silence for that. Um, but I okay. I'm glad you did brought like brought up the sweat though. That is a terrible segue, but it's an important. It's I'm stating how I feel here because. This movie is disgusting. Like, you can smell it and, like, kind of taste it in the nastiest way possible. And, but that makes it feel like such a good kind of, um, like, homage to the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Because that one was gross. But this one's even nastier. Like, everyone is wet and kind of yellow and dirty and like even in the van at the beginning i was like there is no way that van smells good like Mm. that van smells Mm -mm. so bad that van smells like stale weed and sweaty piss and like you know that girl probably just a little bit of piss and like the girl and the guy making out like that's disgusting because that's a whole bunch of other weird sweat just mingle like it's just it's like before it even gets gross it's disgusting like the atmosphere is just like heavy on your face it feels like like ugh. but yeah that for somehow evoking that because i feel disgusted just thinking about it like and bravo i guess for that i think they do a good job of evoking the original in that way because like Mm -hmm. all all reports of the original like is like that house smelled like decaying meat like it was filmed and it's hot and there's like little beef hanging out there and it smelled like everyone i remember reading reports about people having to vomit off of off Mm -hmm. off screen because of the smell and i feel like this evokes that because everything everything about it from the opening shots of them being all sweaty in the car to when they pull up to the to the butcher and there's flies crawling over the meat. They go to the outhouse and it is shit encrusted and just gross. Like the car is dripping blood after she shoots herself. Like the body, it just it evokes that that kind of kind of sense. Just even watching it before, like the shit really starts to hit the fan. Yeah, it's very effective, and y'all are exactly right. Like it's super effective. There was like kind of like it definitely evoked that grittiness. Like just reading those stuff. Like they was really on that set for less than a couple, well, a couple of dollars in their pocket, just going through hellish activities for a movie. Oh, girl, <laughs> no. They didn't even have to keep all that meat out there. I was like, why you got all this fucking beef jerky out here? Come on, come it's on, too real. man. Come on, you could take some of this out. Like, you don't even have to live like this. But again, gritty. One thing about both movies, they definitely feel like they take place in the same area. Like, they're definitely dirty. Mm -hmm. Everyone looked like they have not bathed. All their clothes are gritty. There's dirt on their face. It just really smells like hot dog water and must. Um, And I really... It sends me to hell. I had a very visceral reaction to that. That is one thing I cannot stand. You know when you like when you like if you boil hot dogs and then you're pouring out that leftover water down the sink down the, down the sink. That smell that wafts up there oh, is like. Stop. 
That is what this movie Mm-mm. is. Jazzy just evoked like, oh God. That's why I fry my hot dogs. I put the hot dogs in the frying pan. No, no. My parents still, every time I'd go over there, <laughs> they'd have hot dogs. It'd be boiled hot dogs. And I'd be like, I ain't cleaning that out. There's no way I'm dubbing that nasty ass water down the sink because that stuff will make me want to vomit. Um, speaking of uh, so thank you for that. stained tank tops. Um <laughs> But I, but you know you talked you also talked about armpits and stained tank tops and this is a conversation I actually had today with Sheree and Josh Corngut from Dread Central about because I was discussing this podcast episode with them and Josh mentioned the fact that every final girl in like the two like the decade like the in the aughts in a horror movie always wore a fucking white wife beater or like some kind of tank top and a low rise jean. And I did not think about that until today. And I have not been able to stop thinking about how the final girl of this decade is literally in both a utilitarian slash weirdly sexual outfit. And it's fucking incredible. And I just wanted to talk about it because I think that's such a cool, weird thing that people just assign to the final girl of the early aughts. It's a look. It's you a staple. It, it it goes beyond the test of time. You looking at the movie, the movie 1970s, but Jessica Pill is really much giving you t- 2003. Like, w- what is really going on? Who knows? I'm here but, for it. It's chaotic. But, yeah, but it's 2003 and 1974 because they were wearing them low-rise jeans with the wide leg. They sure were. They were wearing tank tops, cowboy hats. Oh, can we remember the early aughts cowboy hats? Wear the cowboy hats to the club, snakeskin drinks. They're coming back now. Actually, Great. we're actually here. Um, it's the 99 and 2000s again, fashion-wise, and I'm having the time of my goddamn yeah. I did see someone wearing a Von Dutch hat the other day, and I did feel like I had stepped back in time. It was very <laughs> weird. It was incredible. I was in D.C., and someone was wearing a fluorescent orange Von Dutch hat. It was oh, wow. incredible. I've always wanted one. I've oh, always wow. wanted one. Yes. I feel like those have not died out in the gay clubs, though. Like, I just have, like, vivid memories of people with, like, that color of a cowboy hat. Just, like, that that shirt. I was like, people still... I was like, Von Dutch? No, the color of the 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 hat. The the kind of neon color. Mm -hmm. Like, that and nothing else. Just, like, having their time in the gay clubs. Like, that is a... That is a sight that that... has brought me back to the last like ten years for sure. Yes, ye fucking hot. Okay, okay. But, <laughs> but okay. Also, Jessica Beale's Aaron is a really good final girl. I think because not only she's like I think she's better than than a lot of final girls are giving credit for because she is crafty. She knows how to wire cars. She can pick locks. She makes the comment in Juvie they call my youth misspent. So she's not like the sort of like prissy kind of you know, virginal final girl that we would see back in like the eighties where it was like, just sort of like the, the last person that's going, that's going to survive. She is, she knows what she's doing. She is, she's had a time and she's able to use that to basically escape kind of without her sanity, maybe by the end of the movie. But listen, she also does something very smart. Like there's a scene where, um, Leatherface is going through where the lockers are and, in the movie theater, I'm like, oh my god, 
He's going to find mm. her. My God. I'm just sitting here at the edge of my seat with my hands on my mouth like, oh, my God, they're going to get it. He's going because there's nowhere for her to go. And then he opens the door and it's a fucking piglet. <laughs> it's a fucking piglet. And I was like, you smart bitch, because I would have literally been chainsaw meat, baby. I would have been dead. Um, but she was like, ha. And then jumped down was like, I got your ass and chopped his arm off. I'm like, that didn't happen in OG. Listen, that was a bunch of hacks, too. Because, you know, a lot of movies, especially Final Girls from, like, the 80s or whatever, they stab you once, drop the knife, and Uh. run away. Oh, my God. No, she stabbed until the limb was gone, and then she ran. I love that. Mm -hmm. But I do love how they did have to have her moment when her wet tank top clings to her nipples and we have to have that moment of course with the hot wet t-shirt contest running through the way running the rain, through the, you the know. rain and like the sprinkler i was like of course the sprinkler. of course but i guess there's worse okay, things <laughs> my one complaint about about her in this though is i did so okay so she escapes the house she's running and she runs into the she gets the attention of the semi right and then all of a sudden she goes from being this active person to the catatonic like hitchhiker from the beginning and i know there's trying to make like you know this big circular symmetry between what happened to but i'm like okay but she was literally just running and screaming and help 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 and now she's just like take me back i'm like i don't i don't believe and then she snaps right back out of it and is like back to herself i'm like okay i get why you did this whole symmetry thing to kind of bring home that she is the hitchhiker and it kind of making you think this is what the hitchhiker went through but at the same time i'm like "Mm, that doesn't seem right (laughs) It doesn't. And also, they could have gave her the same lines, but she could have delivered them differently. Like, mm-hmm. no, don't take me back. No. And could have did the exact same thing, just with a different tone. Um, because she's a different person. And this whole trauma effect, because mm-hmm. trauma affects everyone differently. So, right. yeah, we know what they went through because we saw it all. We understand. But her hitchhiking and being in the car and saying, no, don't go back. That's full circle enough. Because mm-hmm. that was literally mm-hmm. the beginning of the movie. So they didn't have to make her like, oh, I'm looking out and I'm not going to say anything. Because the best thing I would have like, look, do not stop. Draw me off at the next chain. That's where I want to get help. Those people hurt me. No one vocalized that. No right. one vocalized that these people hurt me. Because I'm like, this would have been a short movie for me and Kat, <laughs> first of all. Because we wouldn't have picked up no hitchhiker woman driving through Texas. But even if the hitchhiker, they pick her up, like... She could have been like, you know what? Don't take me there. These people are bad. Granted, she's been traumatized, so I don't know what they did to her. But I'm like, you could have got a ride home, sis. I was rooting for you. You didn't have to go out like this. You didn't have to be the bullet hole in the entry of the movie. Mm. That's not what you had to be. You could have made it. You could have been living your best life. Is key. Well, so I always think about that, though, when I watch horror movies and like no one actually gives the details. And I'm like, when if, I always think in my head, if this ever happens to me, I will be so sure to make sure I can very <laughs> explicitly state what happened to me. So I don't just sit there stammering because, yes, you bet you're scared. But I always like have it in my head, like, keep it together. Keep it together enough that you can tell someone what happened because that always bothers me. Like, just tell them that there's crazy people. Especially when you have that character, they always have that character doing something up until that point where they meet with someone else and they just let go of the wheel and be like, oh, you got it from here. I ain't got it. It's almost like CPR where you're doing it and you see somebody else. Okay, you got it now. My hands are free. Yeah. No, 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 it's not CPR. Y'all got to work together. You got four hands now. Hey, let them know what's popping so y'all can all get together and be on the same accord. Maybe y'all can stuff a mud hole in this motherfucker. Maybe. 
link up. I wonder, like, do writer are writers doing this on purpose? Because we're still seeing this now, and I'm just like, it's 2022. I feel like, and this is not me coming for anybody in particular, just in just in general. Like, I feel like there's probably like a super clever way to do that and still not lose that scary element or feel like that the audience is just being let like you know just being in it too much like you know but also at the same time what do you have to lose we keep seeing the same shit just throw it at us like what if she got in the car and was like don't stop they're killing people <laughs> like what, what kind of movie would we get because you know what then it runs the risk of is this person in on it or or not see we can keep going i gave somebody something for free there you go just handing out credit. the truths um, okay, so watching this in 2000, speaking of which, 2022, looking back at sort of like how this movie kind of in a way ushered in the sort of like uh, the torture porn aesthetic and like what we call the prerogative, you know, pejoratively you're calling torture porn. But like this movie came out in 2003 and then you had like it's around the same time that the French New Extremity started making its way over to the U.S. because the same year that this came out, um, High Tension came out and so you had that coming out in the United States, you had this coming out, and then a year later you had like Saw, and then you had Hostels, and you had like this aesthetic that is like dirty, gross, grungy shit that is like coming out throughout throughout cinema. And I feel like as I'm watching back at this movie, I'm like, I think this might have been the first movie that I at least saw that was doing that aesthetic and kind of in a way set a trend. Listen, um, she did what she came to do. That movie definitely set a trend. I wonder what year Frontiers came out because it's giving French Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like, mm-hmm. literally, I don't know if it was, like, literally uh, the year before. It's 2007. Year. It's from 2007. Oh, it's way after. According to Okay, so, like, four years after. Okay, so way after. But, like, all these films are pushed together with this little, this is grungy. We got hooks. Things are kind of wet. Um, you might mm-hmm. get sepsis in this room. You might not die from your stab wounds. <laughs> We're pulling teeth. We're clipping off fingers, digits, because um, hostile. Like, all these things that mm-hmm. were just very bloody. And we had never, well, at least not we, I would say I personally hadn't seen that. All the blood you saw was kind of... Not goofy or campy, but it wasn't quite as realistic. You know, something was very 80s about it, very SFX about it versus did they really cut that person's finger off? Shit. Um, That's what it gave. Yeah. And I I think about this. I mean, a lot of people um, and Mary Beth and I have talked about this before. And I know a lot of people have about how looking back at this time period and seeing sort of like the kind of American fears that are coming out about, um, you know, Guantanamo Bay and like the kind of torture that's being accomplished by United States in these in these kind of things. And then these movies sort of take that. Uh, anxiety and kind of amp it up. And I think that this movie, even if, cause I was, I was trying to figure out at what point, like I did some searching about like what point the, the, um, the, the truth started coming out and it came out in 2003 and in 2004 is when it started trickling out. So this movie was made before like people at writ large became like aware of the atrocities that were happening. But like, I feel like it is capturing a moment in us history that we started to get like this and saw and hostile and that kind of stuff, because we have like, one of the things that I, I noticed this time is when there's like this, well, first of all, a lot of TCM movies say a cab. This is no different. We have the sheriff being a horrible, 
horrible person. You have in like back in Leatherface that came out in 2017, you have a cop that's the bad guy. Like a lot of these TCM movies, I'll say that they're always like the, that authority figure is a bad character and they're bad people. And this movie does that as well. But I think it's kind of interesting because it kind of pits this sort of like free will, free loving, you know, hippie ish aesthetic against the, the authority. And there's a moment in the car where Hoyt has Morgan in the back seat and he's like talking, he's grilling Morgan and Morgan is like, you know, we're going to go see Leonard Skinner. And he's like, Skinner, I like Skinner. Look, we have something in common. And so there's that kind of divide that I think that this movie is kind of getting at and kind of parsing out the sort of culture divide that is happening in the United States at this time. If that makes sense. Yep. Definitely, no, definitely with you. And you see it, like I said, you see it in all the movies are different, but you still see those differences you still see the main point coming out of all of them. Like you said, for hostile, when they're talking about, you know, people dealing with, like, right before we started, like, cranking up the war for real. Like, we were mm-hmm. already at war, but mm-hmm. it was cranking up. So, and you're seeing all this stuff play out. And going back to what Jazz said, playing off of those real fears. Like, is this really happening? Is this not happening? This feels realistic. This is not like your average run-of-the-mill slasher film. Like, are they really chopping people up on vacation when you're out of here? Like, what's really going on? If I go to the South and I just go to the side of the road, regardless of what I look like, like, am I going to come back or are cannibals? Or if you go to, like, the mountains with Hills Have Eyes and all those mm-hmm. films, are the cannibals going to eat me the fuck up? Like, what's really going on? So, just playing on it with a new spin. Um, I was curious to... Were either of you big Texas Chainsaw fans? Like after you, I know you saw this for the first, before the original, but like, are you guys franchise fans in general? Like, have you watched the other movies? Like, kind of, what's your relationship with the Texas Chainsaw franchise? I am a fan. Um, I don't think this is the first one I saw. I did not see the first, the original until after okay. this, but I oh, definitely okay. had seen a few of the wild ones. Definitely the Matthew McConaughey one, which I thought <laughs> I didn't see. But when I rewatched it a couple weeks ago or like a month ago, when I, the scene where the woman is flashing the people driving by, that's when I realized I saw it, which is wild because I was like, I was really young when I saw this and I was like, <gasps> I remember that scene happening to me going, oh no, titties, I'm not supposed to watch this. Um, oh my God. Um, I hope my grandma doesn't come out here and see these titties. Um, but yeah, I, I saw like some of the sequels. It wasn't like on the top tier list because I just hadn't seen them, not because they were bad or anything, but I know I'd seen all pretty much all the Halloweens. I'd seen most of the Nightmare on Elm Streets. I'd seen a good chunk of the um, Friday the 13th franchise movies but this one I'd seen maybe like two movies it's after this movie where I was like I need to see what the fuck this person doing what what is their family doing because I need more I saw uh, I didn't like I didn't see them all like like until I got became a I saw a lot of them when I became an adult um, I saw the original one shortly after seeing this. And for me, I think it was mostly about access, like having mm. um, mm-hmm. access to the films. Because, of course, you know how the Internet is set up at this time. It's very much like what a legal download you can get your hands on if you don't have access at your library or local video store or side video store. Um so I did see the original like shortly after this one when I saw I like the franchise it's not like this like my favorite franchise I go up for but I'll turn them on I'll turn them I'll tune in I've seen all the movies except for the latest one that just came out on Netflix um, I know people have feels because the internet always has feels but I'm excited to tune in they have a lot of feels in. about this one hey man 
it's what we've already seen the same shit. I'm just here to see people die. That's really it. And pass the time. It's funny, Jazz, you mentioned um, seeing Next uh, Next Generation, the, the one with Matthew McConaughey. And I saw that for the first time, like, I don't know, maybe it was like three or four weeks ago at this point. It was like right before the new one hit, hit Netflix. And that was the first time I watched it. And, you know, you guys have talked about new French extremity and martyrs, but like martyrs, has a similar plot to Texas Chainsaw Massacre Next Generation, because it's about a secret society that is trying to find transcendence through violence. And it's like that movie, as wild as it is, had some interesting things to say. I really need to fucking watch that movie. (laughs) You You do, Mary Beth. And Renee's that way. Like, I always feel like I'm saying her last name wrong, but... I feel like people really underrate her as a final girl. The way, just off the base, off how she was running, sis didn't fall, didn't mm. falter. It almost <laughs> reminds me a little bit of that scene from Lovecraft Country where sis was running. Mm. Like, I love a final girl that's like, girl, I'm not about to fall. I'm not that girl. I'm not tripping over my feet, baby. I am out. And I'm like, that's inspiring. That's inspirational right there. I liked that. So one one thing that surprised me every time I watched this movie, though, uh, this the remake, is how beautifully filmed it is. And the thing is, is that it is it is shot by Daniel Pearl. He's the cinematographer and he was a cinematographer of the original. That's so you have a man coming back to make the remake after doing the 74 version. Well, we love yeah. to see it because truly, we often complain about whenever there's a remake. First of all, oh God, a remake. And then once you get past that, like, especially when you look and you figure out was anybody from the original on board? Did they get their blessing? It's great to hear that somebody was even on a team. And I feel like that's why we all like this movie. Mm-hmm. Even if even if we found out these things later in life, like it's it speaks for itself. The work speaks because we see a lot of stuff where it's like, who the hell was in the room? Listen. And according to trivia, like he's the one that convinced uh, Marcus Nispel to the, to direct the film, and he said that he should direct it and that uh, he should hire Daniel Pearl as a cinematographer so that Pearl could quote make the same movie twice: once at the beginning of my career and once at the end of my career. Oh, full circle. No, I mean he's I like gone this. on to direct more stuff after this. A lot of music videos, like he directed a lot of. He did uh, Mariah Carey. He directed uh, or sim- shot cinematography. Did the cinematography for um, Mariah Carey's Merriest Christmas. Calvin, a lot of Calvin Harris music videos. Ed Sheeran music videos. Pitbull, like Jennifer Lopez. What? Like he did. <laughs> he did a lot of like music videos. Um, but yeah, he uh, he got his start. Like, if you go back through his career, he has done a lot. Mary J. Blige back in the 90s did a lot of her stuff. Will Smith getting jiggy with it. He did the, he shot that. Usher, nice and slow. Celine Dion and R. Kelly. Shania Twain. Like, you look at his career, especially in the 90s, and it was a lot of music videos, but he got his start doing fucking Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That was his first movie. First, First movie he shot. Huh. Mr. Worldwide. That's literally all I have Please, to say. Please, stop saying that about Pitbull. I have a student who's obsessed with Pitbull, y'all, <laughs> and it sends me to hell because they'd be like, well, can I use a picture of Pitbull for my project? And, well, how am I supposed to say no to that? Because I'm, I'm trying to cater to student interests, so I'd be like, what's it for? Let me look. <laughs> Let me look. Sure, fine. You can use Mr. Oh, Worldwide for this. I Let me check that. your sentences. <laughs> So watching this now, vice watching it as a kid, does it still scare you? 
And if it does, does it for the same reasons? Yes, because the reasons are still the same. Because one, it's dirty. I don't like stink, sweat. It's weird. It's I'm already uncomfortable. It sets the tone where I'm uncomfortable. We're in Texas uncomfortable okay we are in a town that's probably a sundown town there's only six people in this town they're probably all racist i'm uncomfortable okay um that those things really upset me as a child but then it's still the hooks the chainsaw you running through the sheets the sheets dirty who even washing the sheets why the house look like this the house looks like a plantation house let's start here every discomfort blood discomfort blood and pain is all i think about when i hear or see this movie and it's still there pain is scary y'all yep yep it's the it's the camera sounds the chicka is getting me yeah. i don't really i'm mm. like what's happening it's the sounds for me um i think the movie more so makes me uncomfortable rather than scared i'm not crying at the computer screen anymore um i'm actually really excited to put them like, oh yeah let's put this movie on i'm not even scared now i react my knees still tingle a little bit when somebody's legs is getting chopped off or people's getting chased with stuff or those hooks go in. You know that weird feeling you get mm. like in your elbows and you're like, what the mm-hmm. fuck is going on? That, so that still happens. Um, but mostly when I watch this movie, I just get a sense of, oh, wow. And this is why you don't pick up hitchhikers. And that's it. It's honestly, all horror movies are to me are just moral, stories, stories with morals. And this is why I don't do this. And this is why I make this choice. It just validates why I won't be in certain towns, certain places. All the reasons why Jazz talked about. If you're walking on the side of the road, I'm so sorry. I'm never stopping for you. Um, I'm going to alert the authorities once I get in a safe zone. Because I don't even know if I can talk to the authorities here. Because mm-hmm. I, am I making it back? I don't know. So that really sucks. And I know we're supposed to help that neighbor. But also, girl, I got to help myself. Yep. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, let's give this movie our rating out of five then. Um, Terry, how many sweaty hot people out of five mm. do you give Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2003? Oh, Andy. <laughs> oh, that's all I'm thinking about right now. Okay, so this this movie is gross. We've, we've talked about that. And one of the things that I that I forgot to, to bring up every time we've talked about the, the, the fucking house is walking in the kitchen and seeing the strips of meat hanging from the ceiling, as well as a pair of nylons, just like hanging out in the kitchen, dripping blood into a pan. Epitome of gross. Like, what? But this movie is disgusting. This movie is shot beautifully. It, I cannot believe how many split diopter shots are in this movie. The tracking shot, the way this movie is filmed is stunning. It is gross. It, even though it, like we, we've talked about, it kind of cuts away from some of the violence. It makes it, makes you feel every single wound that happens from the salt getting jammed into the poor guy's leg to the tracking shot again to all of it, it really makes you feel it. And the focus on human bodies and the kind of pain that can be suffered on them is like, I think it, it, I think that is what does justice to the original, like in terms of honoring where it came from is the original one is no different. Uh, I don't think this, a lot of people on Twitter seem to think this movie is better than the original. No, not for me. This movie is not better than the original, but this is how you do a remake. I think this is a really good remake. And so for me, I am giving it four, yeah, four sweaty hot people, all of them Andy, in my room. All of them. Let's just go. <laughs> what about you, Mary Dad? <laughs> um, 
I also give this four sweaty hot people out of five. I think this movie, this is a case of a movie introducing me to a franchise that I hadn't watched before. Um, it's gross. It's gnarly. Uh, the introduction of Leatherface when the old guy in the wheelchair is saying, bring it, oh. boy, and is like shoving his cane on the ground. And then he bursts out of the door with mm. the chainsaw is an incredible intro- introduction. And it's 45 minutes into the movie, but it does it still feels early. So I think the pacing of this movie is really, really good. And, gr- and it's just like goes from nasty to scary and scary and nasty in a, like in such an interesting way. And... Also, the guy who directed this did the Friday the 13th reboot, which is also pretty fucking good. So, it's real. I am very impressed by it. Um, but Jasmine Cat, you have the final word. How many hot people out of five do you give? Sweaty hot people out of five Sweaty do you give Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2003? Definitely about four or 4.4 4 out of five. And that's pretty high for me. Um, I know plenty of people who think the original this is better than the original and I understand I do understand I think that maybe the original may have a more nuanced you know antagonist but also the the original has its problems so they both have a similar score to me for different reasons they're both just watch them back to back double feature them it's mm. a good time you're gonna be sick though so eat before um <laughs> yeah it's a good time it just really it's grimy it makes me feel the same way even what almost 20 years later i'm watching it again i'm like shit this feels i want to bathe after Mm. watching this need a bath so yeah four out of five would recommend same over here um four out of five sweaty hot people for me i feel (laughs) like this movie has a wonderful replay value i feel like it aged well it's aging well um, I feel like it's still effective for people who haven't seen this. It's definitely going to make them feel uneasy. Like if you like, we had a checkbox. It checks it all off. It, it really it came. She came to do what she came to do. Like it, it, that's just pretty much it in terms of a remake. I'm gonna say flawless. Hot take, flawless remake, and that's a hot take for me for real because when are you gonna really hear me say that about a remake? I wait. I don't really know. Um, exactly when I'm mad right now a lot of stuff was remade like why Um, I feel like in terms of all the movies or in in terms of revitalizing breathing new life into a franchise this was the way to go about it it had a lot of good hype around it um, like I said, following up, even talking about it now, and not even with just us. I feel like if you go ask anybody who's seen this movie and compare it to like a list of remakes, it's gonna be high up there. Yeah, I was looking through my letterbox and I was I was looking at the people that I follow, and there were a couple two and a half, but the majority of people were like three and a half or above. And I think that's saying something because uh, letterbox is hard to please. Yes. I know I'm on yeah. there. Just gave a movie uh, like one star not too long ago. I'm not going to hold you. <laughs> wow. I'm going to find you in uh, Well, thank you. Thank you both so much for joining us to talk about Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2003, the remake. Oh, by the way, have you guys seen the, the remake's prequel? Yes. The beginning? Yeah. I didn't like um, it. I don't know if I've seen that. I might have. I feel like once I hit play and I'm going to get like 30 minutes in, I'm like, oh, I've seen that. That's, But I don't remember what happened. I don't remember that. I don't remember the one Trey Songs was in. I don't remember none of those. Was that but the, the beginning? Rest of them, yeah, the, he's talking about the beginning. But was Trey yeah, Songs in that one? he in the beginning? 
Or was it 3D? I'm, I could be making it up. I see them all. The beginning no, I was shaky. I don't remember the beginning. Or 3D. But I've seen all the other ones. In 3D, they didn't even try to make you feel like you were in the past. Like they were playing present day music from a horrible human being. And I was just like, girl, I... <laughs> Woo! You forgot what year it was, didn't you? Yeah, seriously. Yeah, I don't see him in, in the beginning. Maybe he was in 3D. 3D. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know why Either that one's not coming up for me. The beginning. Ooh, what was going on? Not good, right? <laughs> oh, no, I got to yeah. check it out. I'm going to watch it. I it mean, really it like, leans into the torture porn aspect of these movies to the to like the nth degree where it's just nothing but human suffering. And I just I didn't think it was. You know, I'm, I'm going to find out. I mean, it can't be worse than the Hellraiser sequels once you get after <laughs> no. the Hellraiser 4. No. I, we watched all the Hellraiser movies. They turn oh, into cop dramas, guys. My apologies. Yeah. They do. <laughs> but thank you both. And where can the listeners find you? And do you have anything that you would like to share that's coming up maybe on your podcast? Oh, yeah. Well, you can pull up on us at Girl That's Scary, all one word on Instagram and Twitter. We have a website, www.girlthatscary.com. If you somehow run out of all this chaotic content we have, we also have a Patreon with bonus content and free stuff. So sometimes we just, <laughs> cats laughing, we sometimes just interview people or talk to people and you can access a lot of things on patreon.com forward slash girl that's scary. Um, we do watch alongs and stuff on Clubhouse. So you can join the GTS hotline. We literally just watched um, Fresh um 2022 that's on hulu we watched it it was a good time you know we love to have a good time we love to watch scary movies pull up for polls and all kinds of fun stuff do you know hang out with us and i mean who knows what we got cooking up there are some fun episodes coming up because i don't know when this is coming out but i do want everyone to know that at one point we will cover all of the screen movies again we are doing a remix because we covered them once we're going to bring it back because that episode was tragically short for various reasons. Yes. Can't wait to cover it again and do it justice. Hell yeah. Okay. Cool. So, listeners, you've heard from us, but we want to hear from you. What was your experience with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2003? Send us an email at scarredforlifepodcast at gmail.com, or you can reach out to us directly on Twitter. I'm at MB McAndrews. And I'm a Gailey Dreadful. And of course, don't forget to follow the podcast on Twitter at scarredpodcast. And please don't forget to review, rate, and subscribe. It really helps us out with the algorithms. Uh, thank you, Eric Power, for our artwork. Thank you to Sean Keller for our music. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Please stay safe out there. But most importantly, stay creepy. And until next time. powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What is The Briefing Room? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the criminal justice system works and the lives of the people within that system. If you love true crime, well, these are the real people who do the job every day of making sure justice is served. 
Hi, I'm Detective Dave. I'm Detective Dan. Together, we have decades of experience in local law enforcement, a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right, and we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you Small Town Dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th. We'll meet you in The Briefing Room. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.